we have just had read to us a familiar and very precious account of something vital that happened and is recorded for us in this early second chapter of Matthew's Gospel, namely the visit of the three wise men from the east, or as they're sometimes described from the, the Greek word, they are the magi. And we're told that when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ, they fell down and worshipped him. That's what they did. They fell down and worshipped him. And before we go any further, friends, I want to ask you, is that your response to the Lord Jesus Christ? To fall down before him and to worship him. Is that you? Is that your heart? Is that your mindset? Is that your desire? To fall down before the Lord Jesus Christ and worship him. Remember those lines that we sometimes love to sing. Worthy, O Lamb of God, art thou that every knee to thee should bow. And at the very beginning of this account, which is not where we're going for our text, but the text will come along soon enough. At the very beginning of this account in Matthew 2, two words stand out. Can you guess which two I'm after? One is star and the other is king. Star and king. These wise men, they saw his star. You notice that? Not just any old star. His star in the east and were on their way to worship him. And then Later on in the passage, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And the other word is king. They wanted to know about the one who is born to be king. And again, not least thereby, as we've just remarked, when they found him, We're told when they had come into the house. This is later on from the shepherds in the manger. They weren't all piling in there together. The shepherds came to the manger. No room in the inn, you remember. But a little time subsequently, Joseph Mary, the Lord Jesus, in a house. That's what we're told. These wise men came to the house. And beholding the king whom they sought, they fell down before him and they worshipped him. Star and king. So let me introduce to you our text. A long way away from the Gospel of Matthew. The book Numbers. Where we're looking to chapter 24 and verse 17. The text tonight is tucked away where you might never expect to find one which is so rich and full and so consequently maybe it can be easily missed. But Lord helping us, 
We're not going to miss it tonight. Numbers 24 and verse 17, the entire verse reads, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of tumult. Now, if this message tonight was numbers in one go, then I would take some time to explain to you all the intricate ins and outs and goings-on of the passage which really spans chapters 22 through 25 of Numbers. Suffice it to say for this evening, and this is all you're getting, suffice it to say for this evening that it involves Israel and Moab, Balaam and Balak, the angel of the Lord, and a talking donkey. And it's all completely historical, and there isn't a whiff of fantasy anywhere about it. Yet I would make bold this evening to lay all that aside on this occasion and to focus directly upon our text, 2417, and within the text, the central portion only. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Now, you haven't forgotten those two words that I drew your attention to not long ago now from Matthew 2, have you? Do you remember what they are? The first was star, and the second was king. Well, here they are again. They're both here. Star is here. A star shall come out of Jacob. And king is here in the word scepter. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. That word scepter, a scepter is a staff which is part of royal insignia, equipment, regalia, royal authority. A king would have a scepter. So we've got star and king here in the star that shall come out of Jacob and the scepter that shall rise out of Israel. So the title for our message this evening is just this, Star and Scepter. Star and Scepter. And let me say that this is one of those Bible instances which has a reference, uh, a fulfilment, on various levels for particular different times in God's history and providence. But we're only interested this evening in the ultimate reference and the ultimate fulfilment here. And that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the star that shall come out of Jacob. And his is the scepter that shall rise out of Israel. So then just two divisions await us. First of all, the star. The star. A star shall come out of Jacob. Here 
before us. In this, perhaps you feel unlikely place in Scripture is the Lord Jesus Christ. Here, keeping that Matthew 2 in the back of our minds, don't let it go completely. Here before us in Numbers 24, 17, is the one who came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. He is the one whose shelter was a stable and whose cradle was a stall. He is the one who, as scripture you remember so magnificently puts it, and it was reflected in the hymn that we've just been singing, who, though he was rich, yet for our sakes, our sakes, dear ones, our sakes, he became poor so that we, of all the, the pitiable sinners in the world, that we, through his poverty, might become rich. Here's the one of whom the apostle speaks in another place. And he tells us that this is a, this is a trustworthy, this is a faithful saying. And, and he tells us more. He says that every one of us should receive it. Is that what we're going to do with it tonight? What is it, Paul? Well, it's this. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. But why should the Lord Jesus Christ be referred to in our text as a star? Well, think it through. The picture is supremely one of brightness. One of brightness. You remember that the Lord Jesus Christ, on his own admission, is the light of the world. This is what he said. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And that's true of us if we're belonging to the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. The, the light of the world has brought us out of darkness, the darkness of our sin and, and, and judgment awaiting us, and he's brought us into his marvellous light so that another scripture tells us that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvellous light. And we've been enabled, unworthy though we are, to walk in the light and to have fellowship with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who is light. The Lord Jesus Christ is the light who shines in the darkness. Again, in another scripture, he's the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. And in a lovely verse, he's called the day spring or the day star from on high who has visited us. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the star out of Jacob, is a visitation from God. In his son, God has visited his people. Have you ever noticed that some preachers make use in their preaching, and probably at least a couple of us here tonight uh, can put our hands up on this one, how some preachers make use in their preaching of what's called the law of the first mention and the law 
of the final mention. Have you heard that one before? Well, we're digging it out and dusting it off again this evening. Because it applies instructively here. Our text here in Numbers is the first mention of star in the Bible. You got that, didn't you? It's the first mention of star in the Bible. Oh, no, it isn't, you say. To which I respond, oh, yes, it is. And you have another go, oh, no, it isn't. And I won't give ground and I'll reply, oh, yes, it is. Don't be confused, dear ones, between singulars and plurals. Certainly, stars, plural, has been mentioned on various occasions before our text. Beginning, of course, with the, that splendid statement. Isn't it, isn't it one of the most beautiful statements in the whole of a record of God's work of creation? He made the stars also. As if it was just, you know, in an after moment. Isn't that glorious? Doesn't it set forth the magnificence and the grandeur of God that the entire galaxy of stars can just be spoken of as he made the stars also? Beautiful. But this, I tell you, is the first mention of star singular in the Bible. And to whom does it refer supremely? Well, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And what about the final mention of star in the Bible? Now you know what that is, don't you? I said you know what that is, don't you? It can only be one place. Just a few verses from the end of the whole Bible where Jesus says of himself, I am, that I am, you remember, I am the statement of deity of Godhead. The scripture is full of it. I am the bright morning star. Isn't that lovely? Jesus is the bright morning star. Have you ever seen the bright morning star shining in the heavens? Those who know about these things, stars and galaxies... Tell us some, some details which are, which are interesting in themselves, but they're all the more valuable for us because they are, are capable of spiritual application. So, for example, they tell us that the, the morning star, it's not a twinkler or a sparkler, but it's a solid, steady light. And that speaks of the permanence and the magnificence of Christ's glory. They tell us as well that the morning star, it outshines, completely outshines every other star for brightness and glory. And that, that tells us of the matchlessness and the incomparableness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's more. They tell us with regard to the morning star that nothing can stop its light shining on earth, even should it be obscured by mists and fogs and clouds. It shines on, and even so, 
does Scripture declare of the Lord Jesus Christ? Not only that the light shines in the darkness, but you remember this also, the darkness it did not comprehend or it did not overcome it. And one more thing. Evidently, the bright morning star is the last star to disappear, still continuing to shine when, if we might put it this way, the rising sun's rays have put out all the other heavenly lights. But the morning star shines longest and shines brightest, which is a powerful reminder to us, isn't it, that when this present age is Age has passed, when in old McChain's phrase, when this passing world is done. And when the light of eternity breaks, then the Lord Jesus Christ will shine more brightly than ever in his beauty and in his glory in the Father's kingdom. And on that matter, dear ones, how about this? from his own lips. Then, speaking of that time, Jesus shining fairer and brighter than ever and the kingdom has dawned in its glory and fullness, then he said, then the righteous, the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. And we shall, we can't understand it, can we? We can't describe it. Best wait for it with anticipation, holy, enthusiastic anticipation. Well, we shall shine the stars with him, him who is the, the bright morning star shining forth in the kingdom of the Father. Oh, dear friends, is Jesus the bright morning star shining in your heart? Is he shining forth from your life is your prayer that of one of the hymn writers day spring from on high be near day star in my heart appear so that's the first thing the star just two things remember so on to the second the scepter and the thing is this that just as the Lord Jesus Christ, here in prophecy, is the star that shall come out, and of course now has come out of Jacob, so his is the scepter which shall arise and now has risen out of Israel. We thought through the picture of the star. Let's take a few moments to think through the picture of the scepter. Remember that it speaks of, of royalty and kingship. It speaks of rule and dominion. It speaks of power and authority. How fitting a representation that is of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you think so? Who has royalty or is a king like him? Who bears rule or dominion to compare with him? 
To whom does power and authority belong that could ever, ever be compared with that of the Lord Jesus Christ of whom the Father has said all authority, all authority, no caveats, all authority is committed to him in heaven and on earth. That was one of the last things that Jesus reminded his disciples of, wasn't it? Before his ascension. How fitting, I say, a representation this is of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just touch on a number of things. Let's seek to take them in for the glory of Christ tonight. This first of all, the Lord Jesus Christ is not just the king, but you remember he is the king of kings. The king of kings. Destroying his enemies, upholding his truth, sending forth his gospel to the ends of the earth, Remember that he's told us that one of the things that must happen, and it is happening all the time, it is. Before his coming, this must happen. The gospel must be preached to all the nations. And it's been going on ever since he said it, and even before, of course. And that itself makes us long the more for his return. He sits on heaven's throne, I say, destroying his enemies, upholding his word, sending forth his gospel, establishing his kingdom in the hearts and lives of his willing people who trust him and love him and submit to him and long for his appearing and look forward to being with him. Is that you? Oh, is that you? Only you can answer for yourself. Is that you? Think of something else. The Lord Jesus Christ, he has conquered sin on the cross. He's conquered death in his tomb and by his resurrection. And he has conquered Satan by both the cross and the empty tomb. Has he conquered your heart? And does he reign without a rival there? Have you ever expressed the longing? Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. There is room in my heart for thee. Is there tonight? Is there? Even if there's never been before. And there's more. We can say this as well. The name that the Lord Jesus Christ bears, the name given to him by the Father, is, you remember, the name which is above every name. That every tongue should confess it. And every knee should bow before him. Not just those three wise men who fell down and worshipped him. But every knee, some through gritted teeth, to be sent off to judgment. But oh, so very, very many a great multitude that no man can number. Not with gritted teeth. But again, like the wise men, with exceeding great joy, going into heaven with the Saviour. 
It's the name high over all in hell or earth or sky, angels and men before it fall and devils fear and fly. It's the name to sinners dear, the name to sinners given. It scatters all their guilty fear. It turns their hell to heaven. Or we could say one more thing to you. What is it that the psalmist says of Jesus' matchless name, the king whose scepter prophetically shall arise, historically has arisen out of Israel? What does the psalmist say of Jesus' matchless name? It's so beautifully put in the Scottish metrical version at the end of the great 72nd Psalm, which is all about Christ's kingship and glory. You know how it goes? His name forever shall endure. Last like the sun it shall. Men shall be blessed in him and blessed all nations shall him call. The very thought of it is absolutely glorious. What will it be at the end when it comes to pass. So you see, star and king, seen in our text as star and scepter. The promise concerning the Lord Jesus Christ was made in Numbers 24. And the promise concerning the Lord Jesus Christ was kept as the wise men in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, discovered so this question remains dear ones what will you do with this Jesus what will you do with him oh that you would look to him the star come out of Jacob oh that you would yield to him whose scepter has arisen out of Israel See him in the manger, humble and lowly. See him on the cross, bearing our sins in his own body upon the tree. See him leaving the tomb empty as conqueror, victor, triumphant one. See the conqueror mounts in triumph. See him tonight seated on his heavenly throne as at the right hand of the Father in heaven and one day coming again on the clouds with the angels in the Father's glory and at the sounds of the trumpet. Younger ones, older ones, wherever you put yourself in between ones, all ones, look to the Saviour, yield to the King. And if you've been doing it for many a long year, keep on looking and keep on yielding. And we'll be doing it forever and forever and forever. Amen.